you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. Me and Will, we talked about it last week because we experimented with it last year because they knew Federal was planning on doing something with it. And so we were mm-hmm. experimenting with hand loads and whatnot. And uh, I knew what the hand loads did, but that was that same Federal shell, you know? Yeah. And they were choice on because he was out there boiling those deer heads and we were working on them. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. And I mean, if you can get 250 shot. You know, 250 pellets in a 10 inch circle at 40 yards. It was more than that. Oh, it, I know, but if you can do that plus some. Yeah. I mean, a 12 gauge load, you're getting over 300. Yeah. 350. Oh, we were, sh- I think it was uh, three. I'm not sure how accurate my detail, but they, they were, it was like a 375, 385 yeah. at 40. I mean, that's a 60, yeah. 70 yard pattern. Yeah. That's. Um, and if a guy can't get a turkey closer than that, he don't need to be shooting at No. Him. We may. Uh, <laughs> You say that. <laughs> Kansas twenty seventeen. That well that turkey was fifty five. Mm-hmm. I just missed him. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know he just if missed him. If you look at the footage you actually right before you pull the trigger he gobbles, so you he you didn't miss him, he just moved. Well, either way, yeah. I didn't kill him. That's not a miss. Oh. Uh, so that's a He ducked. Exactly. It might as well cause uh That's what Wilbur would do. Wilbur would analyze it until he proves it ducked. Oh yeah. So the new thing is the turkey ducking your shot. The t- <laughs> he heard the click of the safety makes him duck his head <laughs> like jumping a string on I'll a tell boat. you what though if you see some turkeys sometimes when they're close and you see them when they're sitting there bobbing that head back for this it's easy to miss them that's put what, it, i put it on the black that's what yeah, yeah all the old timer turkey hunters they always told me put them on the base yeah. of the waddles because that doesn't move you know not like the not like that softball y'all on don't shoot them behind the shoulder i do i shoot them wherever i can yeah. most of the time <laughs> <laughs> well, this TSS is all you have to do, pretty much. I'm, I'm excited them. about the TSS. It's a big deal, and I, I think pretty much everybody that turkey hunts right now, if you think about it, everybody's probably, probably tried it at this point. Some know, know somebody that's might have made some for them, but yeah. And and we all, I'm impressed at what it'll do for turkeys. But if if we could figure out how to, and Federal can, and everybody else figure out, or whoever, how to make that stuff um, affordable. Yeah, that's yeah. the key. That's well, so just, expensive to load, and especially for waterfowl hunting, is my thoughts. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I know why they did the whole steel thing. But gosh, dang it, man! So many ducks get crippled. That yeah. steel gets crippled, and you, you see them fly off, mm-hmm. and you know they're gonna die. Yeah, that's my excuse. Shooting steel shot. That's why I don't ever kill them. Well, you gotta hit them to be able to claim that well, the I steel shots probably. No, you didn't I, hit. I shoot such a fast shooting load; it goes through the duck. And like a like rifle, it's, it's huh? never been hit. I don't know. All those ducks. You just looks, need to get a blood trailing dog. They looked awful healthy flying one. away. Well, looked like they hadn't been touched. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Well, y'all, because how long has the season been over now? Twelve days. Yeah, about two weeks. Yeah, we already had. We're already delirious. Uh, it get you had like that one. Same thing happened, you know. We were when when you're in the moment and you're we're going as hard as we were. You're thinking, man, I'm gonna get home and I'm just gonna sleep for three days. But it was like two days in, and we we're already already talking about turkeys, yeah. <laughs> like uh, gobbling turkeys and talking about going and scouting and going and listening and all that. What's stuff. amazing is how fast it turned in social media, like Facebook and Instagram oh, and Snapchat. Day. 
the day deer season closed, everybody started throwing up pictures turkeys. of turkeys. It was immediate. It was <laughs> yeah. just immediate. Even though a lot, you know, in the south, Alabama and Mississippi and I think a few places in Texas are open until February. Mm-hmm. But come January 31st, there's one thing on people's yeah. mind, and that's a gobbling turkey. You can't help it, especially if, if you've gone before. I mean, I, I was saying it happened to you, me, Troy. It happened to all of us. I mean, it's just you start thinking about it, you can't help it. Yeah, I had my mindset. I was like, I'm not even gonna think about turkey hunting until late February, early March. I can't. I started seeing everything on social media: turkeys gobbling and people <laughs> holding turkeys up by the feet. And- yeah. Well, before social media, for for all of us in the industry, yeah, it, you you could forget about it. But with with we got coming up this coming weekend is the NWTF convention, and that kind of used to set it off twenty oh, years yeah. ago. Before social media was as big right. as it is now, that right. was the that was like opening day of dove season. You, yeah. know, you, you go to the NWTF convention and you're just hearing yelping and, and all that stuff going on. And that's what really yeah. got everybody thinking. And no sooner you left the NWTF convention, you, you know, that very next Monday, you're outside listening for turkeys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's the thing. If you if you can manage, which I can, I'm already burnt. I, I, like, if you can manage putting off thinking about turkeys, if you go to the NWTF convention, it's over after that because then it's all you can think about. <laughs> I remember when I lived in West Point, there, there was a guy that would he wouldn't let nobody hunt his place. And I talked him in and let me just go stand over there and listen to turkeys gobble yeah. before the season. Mm. I said, I don't want to hunt him. He said, I don't care what you think. You ain't going to hunt him. I said, I just want to come listen. He said, well, you can come listen. They're back there gobbling. And we'd sit on his porch. <sighs> and they'd gobble. Golly. And I tried to start figuring out how I can make those turkeys leave his place and come over to my place. <laughs> mm. They used to say I did take him hunting one time. And uh, he's never killed a turkey. And we went one, one afternoon, him and I, in the rain. And uh, we killed a double. He let me shoot one, but I had yeah. to be sitting with him, and I never, we never hunted him again, ever again on his place. But it was, a, it was, a, yeah. it was a blast. And I, I respect that, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's fun too. It's fun. You got to have that moment. You the know. Only problem was right across the creek from his land was Toxie's land. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those turkeys at? <laughs> it's funny. I mean, uh, I mean, I think about it. Like I'm, I'm looking at it from my point of view. We can't chase this rabbit hole too far because we got no. questions and stuff to get to. But like I know from, I mean, me and Jordan are basically the same age. You start when did you start turkey hunting, Jordan? Going on ten years now. So I, I killed my first turkey when I was seventeen. I'm twenty seven now. So. Okay, so not I killed my first one when I was twelve. Yeah. yeah, so about the same. And so I know how I look at it. Like Troy, how do you? I mean, how, does it? Do you? I can't put it, but like, because, I mean, how long have you been turkey hunting now? Since I mean, when did you start turkey hunting? I'm 52, and I started turkey hunting. My daddy didn't turkey hunt. You know, growing up in South Louisiana, we didn't have turkeys. Right, yeah. right, right. So I didn't start turkey hunting until I, till I started deer hunting in Alabama when I was nine. Yeah. Um, I was practicing with turkey calls before that, but I didn't kill my first turkey until I was 13. Yeah. And I killed it by myself because my daddy didn't turkey hunt. Yeah. Oh, and you I, told me that yeah, story. Yeah, I, I just that. figured it all out by myself. And there was this old black gentleman that was, was in our hunting club we used to be in in Alabama. And he he's taught me how to turkey hunt. Yeah. Um, he used to run the dogs for us. And, and he basically, he didn't teach me how to call. He just told me this is where the turkeys roost. This is where they go during the day. He hunted yeah. them old school back in the day like – sit down and wait on them and Deer when they show up you kill them yeah, yeah. Yep, one, once or twice on yeah. a box call and wait on them but um for me what i love about turkey season now is i you know as you get older you, you tend to appreciate things a little bit more differently yeah. you appreciate the spring you appreciate the change in the weather and, yeah. and seeing everything come back to life but for me i enjoy being able to because we're so blessed to travel the country like we do is going back and meeting all your old friends that's what i love about yeah. the nwtf mm-hmm. convention 
especially being in this industry for the past 30 years, just seeing everybody that, that, you know, I've watched grow in this industry right? and being around those people. To me, that that's what I love about turkey season because it's one of those things. And I, actually, I was just talking to Jeremy in the back about it. We were talking about our bombshell call, and he was trying to figure out a way to put it somewhere else on the gun on the to gun, be able to yeah. use it. You know, so, and I said, I said, you know what, that bombshell call, is it's it's promoted to be able to use by yourself. And I said, but think about how many times you go turkey hunting by yourself. Yeah. You know, turkey hunting. Yeah, turkey hunting by yourself is like duck hunting by yourself. Yeah. It ain't no fun. I'll, it really ain't. I'll maybe go by myself. And this is before, I mean, you know, now, you know, we're hunting together all the time. For mm-hmm. But before I started working here, I, I maybe went, I don't know, three or four times by myself just because yeah. I wanted to. You That's know, right. Wanted, but most, I mean, I, yeah, like you're saying, I enjoy it more when you're with somebody, sure. when you can share it with somebody. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the same agree. way. I'm usually I'm usually going with somebody because I'm begging them to hunt on their place. That's why I'm usually <laughs> going with somebody. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm the same. I I love going by myself the first two or three times, just sitting in the woods yeah. alone. But after that, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm yeah. gonna go with somebody. I one of the, some of those times that I like to go, like and I like to to go to what you're saying too is I I'll, I'll go sometimes and I think and it's not that. It depends on who you go with yeah. and, and the the mood that all y'all are in that day. Because sometimes y'all are just in, you or whoever you're with, just in the mood, just get it done, get it done, get it done. And I, and sometimes I'm like that too. But sometimes I find myself if I go by myself, I'm more just kind of I'm a lot more patient. Letting right, the morning, yeah, yeah, letting the morning. You, you happen. learn more about what's going on with that right. turkey than you do just trying to get up there and kill him. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I agree with that 100. Yeah. percent But it, it's nothing like being in the woods with your buddy when y'all. Yeah. actually get on a turkey and everything happens right and you got somebody hooping hollering and yeah. high five with it's fun that's what i like about hunting with wilbur is you can go hunting with wilbur because you know he can't hear good anymore <laughs> and you, you know you're standing there and play like you don't hear nothing you hear three or four turkeys and then the next day you go without him <laughs> that's, that's the best way to do it yeah <laughs> i thought you didn't hear anything i did man they was gobbling today i don't know what happened yesterday <laughs> i don't know where he went <laughs> okay so we, we could chase that rabbit rabbit hole all day long but um so we put a thing out asking guys to send in topics and questions because some some of the stuff that we cover today, um, I would like to you know we're planning on do the stream the language YouTube videos about, but we can definitely you know whereas a YouTube video are kind of more concise, we can talk about them more in depth on this podcast yeah. type format. Um, I know for sure nobody wants to watch me talk for five or ten minutes. We can break it apart right here a lot better. Than I I'd like to watch you. Most talk Most people for five have to watch minutes. you talk because they can't understand what you're saying. Subtitles. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't put subtitles on a podcast. Can my fa- this past this past fall, my favorite day was when Jim Shockey was sitting in there and Jordan said something to Jim Shockey in Cottonmouth. He came and hung out with us, and, and Shockey looked at Jordan. And he went. You talking to me? <laughs> What'd looked, you say? He looked over and said, what did he say? <laughs> I speak in English. Uh, yeah. Jim, Jim's used to hearing French. He can't handle Different that. Different dialect of English. English. Yeah. Red, oh, okay. uh, redneck English. <laughs> but, um, okay, so first question, and we kind of were talking at it at the, at the very, be- very beginning, but um, the first question we had was wanting us to kind of dive in and touch a little bit on first off tss kind of what it is and then uh our views which they just asked for three inch load versus three and a half inch but i'd like to talk about the whole you know because they're making a 410 load they're making a 20 gauge and a 12 gauge and i'm not i don't want to say 16 gauge because i don't know if they're doing that or not but i know they're doing 410 20 and 12 i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure 16's in the lineup but i'm not for sure if it's going to come out this spring or not gotcha but i think they're but, planning on doing something with it right but we can talk about 410 20 and 12 because we've seen all of those mm-hmm. firsthand mm-hmm. um 
so I know uh, the, just from the smallest one, um, until TSS, and I, I, if y'all know any more than I do, feel free to chime in. I would not, I wouldn't consider trying to shoot a turkey with a 410. No. Uh, not unless you know he's going to be within like 10 yards. Troy, did you uh, ever? The, the, I saw one person kill a turkey with a 410 way back when, and I was working at Moss Oak back then. We had a rider's hunt in Texas. And a gentleman that was working for PSC, his wife was there hunting. I can't remember his name, gosh. And, and, and I'm looking at his face right now. He'll probably, if he's listening to this, he's going to haunt me. <laughs> but she had shoulder surgery. Yeah. And she had a Ithaca 410 that they got for her. Mm-hmm. And she practiced with it and practiced with it and got it. And I'm going to tell you what, as far as a pattern, thing mm-hmm. was absolutely absolutely incredible mm. and she killed the first turkey that came in she shot him with number fives yeah um at 25 yards and just killed him rock dead and i was like holy smokes but you know the fact of the matter is with a 410 you're not throwing that much shot out there right and being as we were in texas we were hunting in the field it was wide open she had right. surgery you know it, but with that tss what i saw you do last year with them poke boys yeah. holy smokes man well uh Colin, yeah, it was, Caleb shot his the year before the twenty. I mean, he, you know, Caleb's older mm-hmm. brother, Colin, and um, Colin was, I don't want to say six or seven. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a little bitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but Colin, that I mean, that turkey was every bit of thirty yards, if mm-hmm. not a touch further. He was not forty. He was somewhere between thirty and thirty-five, and uh, I mean, stone dead. There was no chasing the was turkey. That number nines. You were shooting out yep, of that one. Yep, yeah. number nines. And that's what uh, I know they're making number sevens and number nines. Uh, but yeah, I mean th- that pattern with that 410. I mean, I w- no doubts about it. When and y'all then, patterned that gun, how many shot was it putting in that in in the target in a turkey's head, give or take? In the 410. Yeah, <sighs> I'm trying. I don't want to. I would guess around 75 to 100. Yeah, I would. And the bead, I mean, the, you know, you guesstimate. Sure. You want about 70 in a 10 inch circle mm-hmm. to be lethal. Yeah. A good range. Right, and you're thinking. I mean, but. Um, yeah, grab a 410 with number six, and there probably ain't 45 shells and yeah. 45 yeah, pellets it, in there. Yeah, if it's a sh- yeah. good pattern and gun. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was impressive. Now, and that's – I still – I don't think uh, – I mean, that that makes it youth hunting for, for turkey hunting. That's a game changer, honestly. Well, if, think about it. If you – even me or you, you know, you would think, gosh, a 410, but – some of them places we hunt, I, I can think back in, in the early days, less thing you want to be doing is lugging a big old 12-gauge yeah. around. But if you can lug around a light gun like that, especially for kids, that makes the hunt even more fun yeah. for them yeah. and, and lets them hunt with their gun. And they're not scared to shoot a bigger gun. So right. it, opens, it opens a window of opportunity that's just, you know, well, the sky's the limit. That and, and the, one of the bigger factors there is um, – and some kids are like this, some kids aren't. I, I, I don't think I was too bad scared to shoot when I was little. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that's a factor in some points, and that was a, that was a big helping factor for Colin. I remember because Keith was telling me, you know, he could get a four ten with just you know not TSS loads, just getting used to shooting the mm-hmm. gun, and he'd take them four ten loads, and they would just practice. And that there was no, you know, it's a small looking gun, it's not a big intimidating yeah, looking thing, right. you know. It's a, and so that was a, that was a big helper, you know, that Colin could look at that gun and see it was small, and he could shoot it, and you know, back in their backyard or wherever they were on their property, and shoot it and get used to it so then there was there was no like flinch factor you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that was a big thing too um but the biggest thing that i've seen personally i know y'all have seen too was the 20 gauge yeah yeah because that's what i mean i 
I, if you would have told me before TSS that I would be hunting turkeys with a 20 gauge primarily, I'd have said you were crazy. You'd be begging to hunt turkeys with a 20 gauge. Yeah, <laughs> real, right? Right. But I started that last year. You know, I bought this gun thinking, you know, my wife likes to go turkey hunting a lot. Well, she ain't ever had her own gun to turkey hunt with. Well, me and Jimmy ordered our gun, and with this TSS load, we went out there and shot it, and I was like, wow. I'm going to tote this sucker because it weighs like five pounds. Yeah. It's a Remington 1187 with a 21-inch barrel and a youth model. Yeah, it's small. It's a little bitty gun. It looks funny, me toting it because I'm six <laughs> foot three. Like you, it looks like you're turning around with a red rider. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I saw you carry that. I was like, you're going to shoot turkeys with that? You know? But it's a stone cold a turkey at yeah. 50 yards. I no killed, um, killed your second Osceola with it. Yeah. I killed <laughs> – I killed how many turkeys? I mean, because I, I – Poor Jesse. I've I've killed more turkeys with that gun than Jesse hadn't even gotten to shoot it. Jordan yet. has too. Y'all ought to be ashamed of y'all. Stuff. I know. Jordan bought his wife a gun. And never let her kill yeah, nothing. And never it. let her kill nothing with it, but Lake has. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad, ain't it? <laughs> and then uh, so I mean, I don't plan unless I mean I have my my old uh Remington eight seventy that I've been turkey hunting with for, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of years, you know, for most of my turkey season so the but I mean, I gotta say, the only way I'll turkey hunt with that this year is unless I just feel like taking it for, you know, just to be sentimental and take my old turkey gun. Yeah. But other than that, I'm toting that 20 gauge. Well, here's the thing I love about toting that little Youth Model 20 is that I had a, a Benelli Super Black Eagle 2 before this was 28 right. inch barrel. Right. And when you're walking through the woods, mo- trying to move fast but really quiet, that thing hung up yeah. on any vine or any stick you could come across. You can't duck under stuff with it. You it's had to like take carrying it off. an antenna across your back. Yeah, well, a lot easier to carry but, around. But I mean, that's what TSS gets you is being able to tote a light gun. Yeah. And a smaller chamber that doesn't. I mean, it doesn't kick at all. Mm-mm. And it'll just waylay a turkey as far as you want to shoot one, pretty much in the woods. Yeah. And now moving from that to a twelve. If you still, I mean, and if you want to tow a 12, I mean, you shot, Troy, you shot turkeys. That's all I've ever shot. I, yeah. I You know, nothing against a 20 gauge. Yeah. I got one that I want to kill a turkey with. It's a Model 12 yeah. that a friend of mine gave me, um, Mr. Jimmy Hackney, who used to, well, they still own Buckshot Duck Lodge, and he gave me that gun, and I've always wanted to kill a turkey with it, but I just could never find a load that I trusted in it because it's yeah. a two and three quarter inch gun. Well, now you can. Yeah, so I, I want to kill a turkey with it, and then I'm going to put it away and never shoot it again, but... I've I've got my regular weight seventy like yeah. you said, and that's just it's just me. I feel like I can. It's your turkey. Gun. Well, I'm confident with that gun, right? You know, yeah, am I going to go buy another gun right now just because I, I I need to shoot a twenty? I want to shoot a twenty gauge. No, I'm not. I got a twenty gauge double barrel. I could do it if I wanted to. Right. I'm not against it. I've watched what it done with you guys, and I watched it shoot it out back, and it's like either or. The good thing about shooting 12 gauge is you don't have to shoot three inch shells if you don't want to. You can mm-hmm. shoot two and three quarters yeah. out of it and do just as much damage as yeah. you can with with a three and a half yeah. inch shell. And my gun doesn't shoot three and a half inch worth of dawn. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible, yeah. absolutely horrible. So I just stick to two and three quarter in it. So I, I mean, th- three inch. But I, I think the what we all come to a consensus on here is the thing with TSS does and what those those federal heavyweight TSS shells are going to do is it's going to allow whoever the hunter is to use whatever gun of their preference and that shit i mean if they yeah. want to hunt with a 12 gauge tss if you want to hunt with a 20 gauge tss if you got a kid that wants to shoot a 410 tss i mean it's all no that's right it applies and in today's world especially 410s in today's world of what we're doing too especially with decoys and the way we hunt like the double bull blinds and stuff like that yeah. for kids we're killing i mean you think about it the average turkey you kills 
20 yards and closer, most of them. Yep. Yeah. And there are some turkeys you get in the field out there that's 35 and 40, and then there's some in the woods. That's the neat thing about TSS is if you got to shoot through something, you push right through it with that shot. Yeah. you got so many pellets yeah, in well, that pattern. You know, the, the, first, the first 70 pellets that are in your in that shell are, are going through there, and the, and the next 70 are coming behind it. Oh, my gosh. It's Will Who called Primo's. Him? Hey, Mr. Primo. Hey, what y'all doing in my office? <laughs> you brought us a present? We podcasting. I leave just for a little while, and y'all just said, go and take over my office. Well, we that's that's the, the thing. We knew you were leaving for a little while, but you said you were leaving for a little while, but you actually didn't leave for a little while. You was going for a little short time. Yeah. Well, to Delta from Will. Oh, man. So I brought Jordan's dog a bottomland mossy oak dog neoprene vest. Ain't that something? I appreciate that, Will. Y'all carry yeah, that on. Jordan, Jordan's going to put that. He can wear oh, that yeah. for underwear. That's going to be my turkey vest. <laughs> you I gonna, like it, you man. You going to put it I over your arm? That. Thank you, Will. Delta will greatly appreciate it. It's too. good seeing you, buddy. Good to you see you. You need me to open that door for you or you got it? All right. Y'all be good. Be careful. Thank you, sir. We won't see you. We won't see you to the convention, huh? Yeah, I'm leaving Wednesday. Okay. Me too. Ten four. Be careful. Love you. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. He don't work here no more. How about that? We'll just come in here and interrupt in the pie. <laughs> just interrupting everything. He brought presents at least. <laughs> A present. Uh, yeah. Delta like that. Um, but. Uh, so last question, or the last thing I wanted to get to on the shell thing before we move on to something else is uh, they were asking specifically, like, what do you see between a two and three quarter inch shell, three inch shell, three and a half? Um, my take on on that has always been it really does depend on the gun. It does. Because uh, like you were you saying. you got to try them. It's yeah. just, like any, just like you used to do 15 years ago. We used to tell everybody, go get you four or five different shells and try them. And yeah. I'd say do the same thing. It's mm-hmm. a little expensive. But when you find the one you yeah. want, you put it'll put all the confidence in your gun, yeah. and you'll do what you need to do. Well, another thing on that too, you know, is uh, I'm not I should know this, but I don't on weights on these different lengths of shells as yeah. far as pattern. I mean, lead weight in them or yeah. tungsten weight, I guess I should say. Yeah, You're correct. Tungsten. But uh, you know, that's that's the only difference. The more weight, the more pellets you have in there. Right. But it, and like it's it's all it's all preference. I mean, obviously, like you're saying, three and a half shell, you're gonna have more pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it it just I that's what that's what I do. I I don't shoot I don't shoot a three out of my twelve gauge. I don't shoot a three and a half inch shell. No. Uh, it shoots them fine. I'm not like in a position like Troy is where it doesn't shoot them it that well. It doesn't mind. It spreads them everywhere. I don't know why, but it does. That's crazy. But well, see, see, that's some people need to try that though, because there could be someone just says three and a half inch shell, more pellets, and then if their gun doesn't shoot mm-hmm. it good, you know, they could be missing turkeys or crippling turkeys. Well, you so. got to look at your weight on your shell too, because you could have a three inch shell that has the same weight of shot in there is a three and a half it's the only difference is it's more buffer mm-hmm. right so more buffer the more room for spread out you have yeah well that's probably not going to be the case with these tss stuff though i wouldn't do you think i don't i need we need to look at seven the, nine. but see it, what the um, weights are yeah. on the shot in them but that that's my take on it it's, yeah. it's just all about experimentation um three and a half i didn't i didn't shoot those just because i mean i saw a little bit of a difference but not enough difference to make me shoot the extra half inch i was just more comfortable shooting three inches. gives you an extra bruise on your shoulder yeah <laughs> it does do that kick the snot out of <laughs> it will it will do that okay so next uh okay the, yeah this is a fun one because i know i know for a fact i want to talk about this one because all of us have dealt with this at some point in our lives asking our wives if we can go 
No. Oh. Uh, About hunting turkeys. Uh, He said pressure turkeys, but we we can talk about pressure turkeys, but just turkeys in general on small acreage. Small, he said 150 acres or less. I mean, and that's very applicable because not everyone has 1,000 acres, 3,000 acres to hunt. Um, That's all. That's hit or miss, you know. One day they're there, one day they're not. Yeah, this can be tough hunting a small track. It's um, you know this better than yeah. I do because you've killed multiple turkeys on one forty-acre track. That it's all well. That brings me to, to my my main take on that. It's all about location, where that piece is. You know, I mean, if I, if that's a forty-acre piece and it's in the middle, it's in the middle of a wide open fresh clear cut and no woods around it for you know for then you know there's probably mm-hmm. not going to be just a whole ton of turkeys on it but in my case that 40 acre piece which is in a undisclosed location that i will not be releasing uh it was in i mean it's a very good spot you know it's a it's in a very it's in a very known Some turkey country yeah it's uh and it's like i said i mean we're on 40 acres so it's tight you can uh, walk it in 30 minutes it, yeah l- less there, than that if uh, you're one if, end of it to the other if there's a goblin turkey you can cover it quicker than that yeah. <laughs> but uh it's just a matter of it, it's almost it's honestly it's when i think about moving around in there it's almost the same principle as deer hunting on really really small pieces mm-hmm. you just got to be extra extra careful well, you got to hunt your way in and hunt your way out right well, one of the if I had to take a piece like he's talking about from scratch, and if you know there's turkeys in the area and there's turkeys around you or on you, build your food plot, make your clover field. Yeah. That way you know that there's going to be turkeys on your property at some point during yeah. the day if you have a good food destination for them and bugging area. And I would say, too, um, one of the bigger <clears throat> things, especially if you're in a situation where that's all you have to hunt or one of the only places you have to hunt, is take the time whether it be early preseason or mornings before work when you have time to go out and listen you may not have time to hunt but you have time to go listen but learning those turkeys trail cameras trail cameras help a ton Mm -hmm. uh like going out there and listening and figure out where they like to roost helps a ton because then i mean because there and this this was on a different place actually but it was also i mean i think this place was 100 acres maybe less than that but you know me when i was this was either high school or college but uh just roll in there thinking i'm gonna go get on a turkey and uh i parked and i was like 50 yards from where the turkey was roosted and that was just being you know ignorant not knowing Mm -hmm. but uh so yeah that's a big a big big part to that i think is taking the time to figure out where those turkeys like to hang out where they like to roost how they like to move and that just lessens your chances of spooking them you know um, and 40 acres doesn't sound like it, it doesn't sound like a lot of ground but if you really think about a turkey's life whether it be spring or fall take fall you know you look at how much turkeys travel in the fall they're traveling based on food yeah. mm-hmm. in the springtime they're traveling based on the hens and cover and the hand hen dictates where they go and what they do mm-hmm. um, we, we both know that deer can live inside of 40 acres and never leave it if they want to yeah if there's no pressure on them. And turkeys will do the same thing until that hen starts looking for somewhere she's got to go. I know down here where we're all from, you deal, we deal with water a lot, whether it be creeks rising, rivers rising, or whatever. So that changes a lot, yeah. too. You may have a 40-acre piece of land that turns into 12 acres when it starts raining, yeah. and then what do you do? What did you say? This guy had 150 acres? He, he said just specifically, like, hunting pressure turkeys on 150 acres or less. 
I can think. I, mean, I don't know about hunting on the turkey hunting's the same hunting situation yeah. pretty much anywhere you go, but holding turkeys is your key there. Right, right. You want if it's legal, you know, have feeders out for your deer and turkeys, and just keep your turkeys on your place. Yeah, have them a reason or to be there. Have your cover, improve the habitats. What I'm saying, yeah. make your food plots. You mm-hmm. know, turkeys like food plots. They love clover fields. If you're able to put a prescribed burn through it, burn it. Turkey loves a burn. I mean, if you burn this place and there's turkeys anywhere around. They're going to be there. You better be ready when the smoke clears up. Right. They're going to be in it. They're going to be there at some point of the day. I I can think, and this is just like a quick hunt scenario, and this is something that you run into a bunch when you're hunting small areas of land is – you know the whole the whole one of the whole you know i guess things with hunting small property is you deal with a lot of times you hear a turkey gobbling he's not on you he's not on property that you can hunt um and that happened with me one morning and turkey was not on me and you know so obviously i wasn't about to joe joe, don't look at me like that i was not (laughs) about to go cross the property line and so but i knew like i said it came from what we were talking about earlier knowing how those turkeys like to move and i knew that those turkeys i didn't know for a fact but i said if i stay you know right around in here and you know throw some calls out there just let them know that i'm you know there's a hen here then there's a good chance that sooner or later those turkeys are going to filter through and it was not instant it wasn't like a red hot yelp yelp gobble here they come running um but i was just kind of sitting there it was i was by myself like we were talking about so i wasn't in a big rush and uh I'd been calling every so often, every so often, and turkey gobbled, it wasn't moving much, and all of a sudden I heard something walking in the leaves, and I heard, I mean, it was the whole flock. It was, uh, there was like five hens, uh, two jakes, and then the herd bull back in the back in full strut, mm-hmm. he come in there, and he just, they just come walking right through, you know, and it worked. Uh, and I, like I said, I think that's just a big, like what Jordan said, a combination of that, and of just hunting carefully, knowing what those turkeys like to do, and taking your time, and like you said, if 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 possible, improve the habitat for them. All of those things are going to add to your chances of success. Yep. Well, and on 150 acres too, when you say pressure turkeys, who's pressuring those turkeys? Is it pressure from you? Yeah. Or is point, it pressure yeah. from somebody else outside the 40 acres or 150 yeah. acres that you hunt? So if it's pressure from you that you're causing on that bird, then do something different. Yep. Try hunting from a different location, coming in yeah. from the property somewhere else. Very good if point. If you're causing that pressure, change what you're doing. And, and be cautious on what you're doing because we as turkey hunters whether it be deer hunting turkey hunting whatever it is you tend to get complacent with yeah. the way you walk in the way you go in and sometimes it's the only way you can go in yeah so if it means going in an extra hour early and walking past the turkey on the roost and getting on the other side of him <laughs> I did that try something that's different. a that's <laughs> a real yeah i didn't even think about that that's a good point yeah. so that's it, a really it really, it really depends on who's pressuring the turkeys and if it's somebody pressuring the turkeys you know if you don't got permission to hunt land and four other people are hunting 150 acres that's that can be tough. The, the yeah. biggest thing for me on 150 acres, and you know when somebody else might be hunting that place, is being safe. That's the key part. Yeah. Super safe on, on hunting pressure that region. Yeah, yeah. See, that was that was a really good point. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I've seen this before, and I'm sure y'all may have seen it before too. Uh, I've talked to people before, and, you know, and been hunting with people before, and it's like they get – it's, it's almost like they're getting a rut, you know. I mean, they'll go mm-hmm. and they, I mean, they want to set up and call from the same place every time. They mm-hmm. want to hoot from the same hoot out from the same spot every time. And it's it's almost like the you may be you're not patterning the turkeys anymore. The turkeys are patterning that's you, right. you know. That's exactly so that's a right. really 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 good point. Well, you 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 can only get, you can only kill them where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know as turkey hunters, and some turkey hunters don't know because I've asked this question. You was with me a couple of times, and I think Jordan, we did some seminars together. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that as a turkey hunter, you already got one strike against you. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make that gobbler do something 
that Mother Nature is not intending him to do, which right. is make him come to you. He gobbles because he wants the hands to come to him mm-hmm. and let his presence be known. So you're already trying to make him do something that he really doesn't want to do. Yeah. Um, God bless two-year-olds. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. turkey hunt if it wasn't for two, two-year-olds. And as far as educating turkeys, I can tell you, somebody asked me one time, he says, you ever feel like you ever educated turkey? I said, everyone I've ever hunted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> they learn something from me every time I go. Some of them learn how to ride in a truck, and some of them are still walking around going, what in the world was that cat yeah. doing? Um. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Um. So let's see where to go to. There's there's like a hundred different questions right here. I mean, there's one. So this one, um, we're gonna have to do a YouTube video on this one, or the the second part of it at least. They're asking about fly down cackle specifically. Mm-hmm. They said wheels fly down cackle. Which if if we could have a video, I could get Troy and Jordan doing their Im- imitation of Will doing a fly down cackle with the box. fly down cackle. We sounds actually like did that. one of those with him last summer. It's on YouTube already. Is it? Yep. Did we film it? How, at, how to use a box call. Did we film it in his barn? Yep. Okay. Well, it's okay. Well, if you're listening to that one, man, it's already out there. But the, the key to Wilbur's fly down cackle is you got to put your whole body into it. You got to do a little rocking. You got to, yeah, you got to, you got to pretend like you're in a rocking chair, lean forward and lean back. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it, what Wilbur's doing, if you really look at what he does, depend on what call he's using, whether he's going to use a box call, slate call, or a mouth call. If Wilbur's using a box call, and this goes with anything, whether you're deer hunting, elk hunting, turkey hunting, or duck hunting, the more real, realism you try to put into a call to make it believable to that critter right. that you're after. You know, Wilbur will do with a mouth call, he'll do a fly down cackle with the wing while he's sitting by a tree, and he'll yeah. actually sound like a hen coming off yeah. the roost. And sometimes not even saying a word with the mouth call, just using the wing. It yeah. just depends, and he's taking the temperature. And I think we all do that too. Yeah. Realism is such a key. You can get out there and, you know, there's some great turkey yelpers out there and some guys that are really, really good on calls. But if you're not out there, if you're out there just doing cadence like you're trying to call to a judge on the stage, yeah. good luck killing a turkey with right. that, you know. It's a lot of it's just reading the scenario. Timing. Just going and, yeah. and learning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, one thing, because they ask, then they ask for how you do it on a, you, Troy, do it on a mouth mm-hmm. call. Because um, if you, have you ever heard Troy fly down cackle oh, yeah. on a mouth call? I mean, it is, yeah, because we need, we need to do a video on that. I, is, I try to keep it short. Yeah. Well, the first time I heard you do it, you were sitting behind me. Yeah. And I spun my head around because I was like, holy cow. I didn't know how you did it. I just but, I, I try to keep it short because if, if I'm by myself, I want to hear that turkey gobble. That's right. why I'm doing that. If I'm already on a turkey and I'm just doing a fly down cackle because I'm trying to let him know I already hit, I'm hitting the ground, um, I'll give it a little bit longer, a few more notes on it. Right. But I try to hit it hard on that high note and just come down real fast. And yeah. If you ever watch them when they hit the ground, they hit the ground and they immediately mm-hmm. either start clucking and start yelping. Yeah. yeah. They happen to be on the ground mm-hmm. and they're excited and, and they're, they're letting everybody else in the tree know I'm down here. Y'all come on, let's pecking come around yeah. and yeah, pecking the ground, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest, and I know y'all would all agree with this because we talked about it before. Is one of the biggest uh, things you can do to get better at calling is listen to actual hen Man, turkeys. If you, if you got a place where you can go listen to turkeys, there's nothing finer than to go in the springtime, early season, and just sit there and listen to turkeys and you know. I can remember, I was thinking about this last night. It's funny you brought up that question, but I can remember back in the day when at this time of the year, I was up at daylight every morning with the camera going to the woods trying to video turkeys being turkeys just to get B-roll. Yeah, yeah. And now somebody told me to grab your camera, grab your tripod, and grab all your stuff and go sit in the woods and it's 32 degrees and see if you can feel some turkeys. I tell them you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, huh? (laughs) But but honestly, that's how eat up I was with it back then. And still am now, but I've learned to to back away from those birds. That's where I learned. That's 
I mean, being from South Louisiana, I didn't have turkeys. So I had to listen to turkeys to learn how to call to a turkey. Yeah. And that's where I learned from was turkeys. It's the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd like it. Let's do. And it's funny you say that. You think uh, about how many times we come into the office when, you know, we always, everybody, or when we're on the road, you want, everybody wants to see the kill or show me the footage you got or show me that strutting turkey. But you get some good footage of a hen yelping. Yeah. And everybody's like, eat that up, man. That's like watching gold when you dude, watch it. Dude, that one in uh, Texas last year. You remember yeah. that one? Yeah, the, the one, one that came yeah. running by you? Yeah. Well, no, that one. Okay, yeah, there was that one too with the one you killed earlier in the day. The one that ran down the hill. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, was yeah, running yeah. at us. Just yeah. Yow, 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 yeah, it reminded me of that old California hunt when yeah. Wilbur and I did uh, Wilbur and I did uh, Master in the Art CD. Yeah. And we used that hunt. And, and actually, I got in a, in a fighting match with that hen. Yeah. And that gobbler just so happened to be behind her. Yeah, but I remember that she that was about as aggressive as I've ever seen a hen be. I mean, she was she was looking. She mm-hmm. was. I think they were happier to see us than we were to see them. They were, yeah. yeah. That was it. Was really cool. Wait, you know what? That's stuff like that. That's the kind of, we need to. So here's what's gonna happen. If y'all hear us talking about that clip, I'm gonna find that clip. I'm gonna cut it out. We're gonna post it on our page somewhere because that's that's the kind of stuff. And you, you know what? If you think about it, think about that piece of property that we were hunting. We knew nothing about it. Mm-mm. The owner told us he heard a turkey at some point in time there. He says, I think they're over here. And we didn't know how big that piece of property was. But when we flew it after we killed the turkey to shoot the cuts that we needed with the drone, when you looked at the amount of timber that was there, that turkey was living in about six acres of timber. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, And that's where they lived. And I think that turkey was excited to hear another turkey Mm -hmm. because it was a long ways for a turkey to have Mm -hmm. to come to be a new turkey on the block, so to speak. So I think whether she was excited or she was PO'd about something and wanted to get her out of there, I don't know. But... All I know is old Daddy Longlegs was following her, and he yeah. just got his neck snapped. It was funny, man. He was she. He was trying so hard. He was he was trying to do two things at once, and unfortunately for him, they like counteracted each other. He was trying to strut. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He was trying to strut and show off, but he was also trying to keep up with that hen. So he'd be like in a dead sprint. He would run, then he'd throw on the brakes, and he'd strut, and he'd gobble, and he'd go, "Oh crap, she's getting away!" And he'd run again, <laughs> and he'd run, 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 and he'd stop, strut, gobble. Ah, oh, she's getting away. And again. once she got <laughs> close to us, I quit calling because Brad was doing most of the calling yeah. on that hunt. Brad was behind you and I right. videoing, and um. We just basically shut up, and she ran right by us, yeah. and he just kept coming. She so ran right by us, and that turkey came right by Troy. Just. It was almost like shooting elk. It was like elk hunting it was. on that hunt. That it was, was super cool. Okay, so last question, because, again, we could talk forever on this, but I don't want to burn up all our good content. That's for more podcasts yeah. in the future. So last question for today, and I think since this is going to be the thing that we encounter first. Um, and so, guys, I've got these. Don't think I'm forgetting about y'all's questions. We're just going to do them in later podcasts. So last question for today. And one that we're all going to deal with. Uh, early season, not only in Mississippi, but in the South altogether. Um, the challenges that you deal with there, with one being early, uh, turkeys, gobblers still being grouped up. Uh, one of the biggest hurdles, it being so open, because all the foliage isn't back on the trees yet. Mm-hmm. So the the question, like I said, was just tactics and stuff that you usually, how you approach it when you're hunting them early. Uh, tell for anybody that's got these questions, just don't go and let me and Lake go. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> so don't listen to Jordan, or do. I mean, if he really wants to come hunting. But no, uh, so yeah, I'm, okay. I, I, honestly, in that time of the year, and I've, I've learned this the hard way, and I think all turkey hunters that have been, that are veteran turkey hunters have learned this the hard way. You, you just gotta go with the flow. Um, if, if everything's slow, you take your time and you go slow. Let yeah. turkeys do – they're going to do their thing whether you try to change them or not. Right. 
just be slow and do all you can to eliminate the amount of pressure that you put on those birds because you still got another four and a half weeks to hunt them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eliminate pressure. Don't bump them. Don't spook them. And just take your time and pay attention to what they're doing. Yeah. If you take two or three days to do that, if you got that much time to hunt, on the fourth day, you're probably going to take one home in the truck with you. Right. And one thing I know uh, that, that I'm prone to do, um, that I've seen a lot of people do, especially, you know, if it's opening day or if it's the first day that, that you get to hunt and you're mm-hmm. so fired up, you know, the turkey may be, you hear a turkey on a roost and he gobbles like one time and you may hear him gobble on the ground like once. And you're so excited, you just go to hacking at him. Just and like I said, it's all about. I, I don't, I don't care how good of a turkey caller you are. If that turkey's, you know, it's all about. We call it taking his temperature. If he's not mm-hmm. fired up, and you just go to yelping yep. at him like that, the chances are that early in season he's got hens with him already. Yep. And it's just a matter of gauging that turkey, I think. It yeah. is. And, and if you normally, at any other time in the season, you know, you normally give him 25, 30, 35, 40 minutes. At that time of the year, give them more because the last thing you want to do in the early season is get up and try to go to yeah. it because mm-hmm. there's no foliage, like you said earlier. It, it, the woods are wide open. There's there's no way to move. And here in the south, especially here in the deep south, everything's flat as a pancake. Yeah. So you have no geography to work with. You right. have no hills, no ridges. You know, we got anthills, and if you can crawl up behind one of them, you good good luck to <laughs> more you. More power to oh, you. Big yeah. pine tree. <laughs> <laughs> but just take it slow and yeah. be patient and enjoy enjoy the spring woods and learn from them yeah. at that point in time. It's not how fast you kill them. You know, the sad thing is, and we all know this, it's not a sad thing, but social media is so powerful today. Everybody can't wait to get on social media and post their pictures, yeah. and it's a great yeah. thing. But, man, at that time of the year, just take it easy. Yeah. Let let the spring unfold and let spring happen. And there's, there's going to be about a week to a 10-day period during your turkey season, no matter where you are in the United States, that it's going to be on fire. Yeah. And if I were you, try to figure that out. If you hunt in the same place year in and year out, figure when that time happens, which I call the turkey rut. Right. And that's when you take your vacation. That's when you tell your yeah. wife you're going to be sick. That's when you tell your girlfriend you can't go on a date. And you hunt those 10 to 12 days yeah. and, and hunt that peak time yeah. if you can. And, and to your point, like what we're talking about, if you go in just guns a-blazing that early season and you go to spooking turkeys or, you know, just calling at yeah. them too much by the time when that – when that point comes in the season, you know, if it's usually in Mississippi, it's, you know, first two weeks of April or some, mm-hmm. somewhere around that time span. If you burn them out or, do, you know, before then, then you're not giving yourself optimal right. optimal chance when that time comes. Then you revert back to question one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's two things to me to be successful in that early season thing is either one – you give him, you know, an hour or two in the morning. If he's going to come, he's going to come. If he right. doesn't, he's done. He's more than likely got a bunch of hens with him. Yeah. So either you can sit in the tree with him and hang out and don't hardly move throughout the day. If he's gobbling great, you can move as he gets far enough away where you feel like there's no way possible that he could see you. Even then, he may figure out a way to see you. Yeah. And you ran in that last year. <laughs> yeah. But, uh <clears throat> You know, it's just patience. Patience is the key early. Yeah. You got to, you got to have the mindset to be able to sit by a tree four or five hours and don't move. Hundred percent agree. And I, a turkey I got on last year on public ground that it took me three days to finally kill this turkey, and I got so frustrated, but I couldn't leave him just because. He was there. He yeah. was there. It's a goblin turkey. That on. was early too, yeah, wasn't it? Was Did you have two. Jesse's gun with you? Yeah, I was trying it out. <laughs> trying it out yeah but that i got on that turkey i was actually just scouting pretty much i mean i had a gun and everything but yeah. i didn't know if there's turkeys in the area or not but i was actually walking down the creek bottom happened to hear this turkey gobble yeah i was like well there's a turkey here so i walked over there as close as i could get without i 
feeling and getting in their comfort zone. I sat by a tree and yelped three times, and all of his hens came running up to me. It was like six or eight of them. Yeah. I was like, I'm finna kill this sucker in ten minutes. Three hours later, he's still standing out there 100 yards and gobbling, and his hens are all around me. How yeah. he knew, I don't know if he does know or that's just what he's doing, but he didn't want to get out of that area. Because he was slick. He was where he wanted to be. The yeah. next day, I went in there thinking I was going to catch them coming up the roof somewhere, figure out where they was going to roost at. I sat by, I got in there at like 11 o'clock in the morning and sat by one tree without hearing or seeing a turkey till 4.30 that afternoon. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a hen started clucking and yelping behind me. And yeah. he gobbled 70 yards on the other side of the briar thicket. Well, shoot, here we go again. I know he's not going to come through this briar thicket, but I've got to sit here now. Yeah, you're, yeah, you can't move at that point. Well, ends up that hen, I called her around the briar thicket to me, and she was at 20 yards in front of me, and he's behind me at 80. So I'm between them right now. And I, it was getting dark, and I had just the idea of see if it work. If it doesn't work, I'm not going to kill this turkey. If it does work, i got a good chance of killing it. So I just spooked this hen to gnaw get out. I started fighting, purring, and just raising heck with her. And she raises cane and leaves the country flying. And he's still back there gobbling his brains out of all this because yeah. he, he can't see what's going on. He's just hearing two hens batter, you know, bicker yeah. back and forth. He thinks yeah. they are trying to fight over him. Yeah. Well, she leaves the country. Well, I was just sitting there pitch black dark, never heard this turkey fly up. So I don't know where exactly he is. The next morning, I decided to go in there like an hour and a half before daylight and get on the opposite side of where anybody could come from from him right because he's not gonna go to the road i don't think just because right. that's where everybody comes from mm -hmm. i get in there 15 minutes ain't heard i mean 15 minutes after daylight and ain't heard nothing gobble well, i do a fly down and i hear wings flap and there he is at 25 yards <laughs> so <laughs> the the whole point of this story is it takes a lot of time a lot of times in early yeah. season that's to three kill days invested in one i turkey. had like 18 hours of hunting in one turkey yeah but, yeah, I mean that's early but you season. Get, you home. got you got in his spot. Yeah, you, I figured you got where I finally figured spot. out where his. Yep. It was like three or four acres where he stayed. Don't at. take much, man. Yeah. It was just one because you think hilltop. about it. The, the the two things they do. Number one, it's all about safety to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number two, they're like a banny rooster when it comes to pecking order and and when it comes to that time of the year. And you, you mentioned a little while ago about the question. Somebody had in the question, "What do you do with early season turkeys when they all bunched up?" If you watch, especially out west and places where you see big fields and pastures, you'll have six or eight gobblers in one place, and all of a sudden, as the season progresses, they'll pick little corners of the field mm -hmm. and they'll just spread out. Yeah. And before you know it, where you were seeing eight turkeys, you're seeing one. They're all still there, but you got one spread boss and that turkey right there. He grabbed his girlfriends and he was yeah. where he wanted to be. He, yeah. And there was no way to get to that turkey without him knowing you were in the woods. Right. If you really wanted yeah. to go in there after him, you had to stay at a distance. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much like elk hunting. Yeah. It really is. It's they just act like very elk similar. Yeah. I mean, th think about it. Where that turkey was, he had food. He had he had, he had water. Water. He had that creek right there, and he had yeah. plenty of cover and stuff to make him feel secure. You know, and it was a lot of nesting cover in there. That was yeah. a woods turkey too. There wasn't no fields nowhere. Oh, huh? yeah. It was deep in the Mississippi in the pine belt. that's cool oh, timber turkeys yeah so anyhow we're gonna end it on that note guys we've got uh tons of of more content to cover and as turkey season progresses as we get closer to turkey season we'll keep on talking about that stuff uh appreciate y'all sending these questions in they're always fun yeah. to talk about we always like talking turkeys mm -hmm. um i hope well by the time this airs this will air monday after 
after the convention. So, yeah. My head uh, will be ringing with turkey yelps. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. So, yeah, we're going to keep these coming. Thank you all for listening, as always. Uh, keep sending those questions in. We're going to keep covering them. And, as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.